0: One of my colleagues says we have the mystery disease practice um, and that probably is a good description, but we do dizziness, vertigo, but we also do fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, the type of diseases and conditions that nobody can put their hands on, there's no p- specific test for. And so uh, we've developed that type of a practice in and, and, and functional medicine and we've, and we've combined that with something called functional neurology. And, and in in doing so, we get a lot of the folks who who are searching. And, and it used to be that when people came in here, um, they didn't they didn't know what functional medicine is. Now they know what functional medicine is, and it, and it hasn't worked for them. And 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 so again, that's one of the reasons we do this. The other reason we do this is in in having all of those seven hundred hours online. Um, we have a lot of people who who give us really nice reviews and thumbs up, and but they say, you're not telling us how to get better. You're telling us what our peripheral neuropathy is. You're, te- you're making us feel like we're not crazy. You're telling us what our IBS is. You're telling, but you're not telling us what that is um, going to be like getting better. What, what do I do? What, what supplements do I take? What do I eat? Uh, yeah, all those types of things. So this series is for that. So for those of you who might just be coming in on this now, we've already started on what is classic functional medicine supposed to look like. It's a very comprehensive uh, approach and it's not, an, it's not an easy approach. It's not a, it's, an inter, it's, it's, it's a very, very, um, uh, you have to be able to critically think, you have to be able to gather a lot of data, you have to know as much as you can humanly know about that person to be able to make the decisions that you need to be able to make as to, for example, what their diet should be. This week is about diet. Okay. This week is a, is going to be about diet, and we've gone through, uh, we've gone through what the exam should look like. We've gone through what a history should look like. We've gone through obstacles to cure. We've gone through the basics of foundational basics of what needs to happen before you even get to a diet or before you get to supplements. Some of those foundational basics are blood sugar control, getting oxygen into your system, and and those are our previous presentations. So for today we're going to go on with, um, we're going to go with diet. And we're not going to go with diet in the way that you might be used to looking up diet online. Uh, uh, As my producer (laughs) said before we started doing this, um, people are always asking, okay, he he gets all of the data from you. He gets all of the the requests and and questions And, and, and the questions are, okay, what's the right diet for me? I have fibromyalgia, what's the right diet for me? I have peripheral neuropathy, I have, uh, uh, what's the right diet for me? I have chronic fatigue, what's the right diet for me? I have irritable bowel syndrome, what's the right diet for me? Well, I did the paleo diet, or I did the caveman diet, or I'm a vegetarian. So we're gonna we're not gonna go into all of those. What we are going to go into is um, what we have distilled down from that vast warehouse of information that is online and 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 kind of help you to understand what we have come up with and how we use diet, okay? Diet is a huge, huge part of people getting better and it is complex. There is not one diet for fibromyalgia. There's not one diet for chronic fatigue and on and on, irritable bowel syndrome. There's no, there is not one diet, frankly, for anyone. We, we have a different patient population today than we had 40 years ago and I'm I'm right around my 40th year in practice here. And, and people used to respond better to what we did. I wrote a book called uh, Power Health Back to Basics. Uh, and in there I talk about diet. And now when people say, I wanna get your book, I say, well, you can get my book because the basics are still there. But I would write an addendum that would say, if you did all of the things that are in my book and you didn't get better, here's why. <laughs> and here's why would be autoimmunity. And here's why might be that we're the most chronically stressed out group of human beings on the face of the earth, maybe in the history of the world, I don't know. And I'm not saying that cavalierly. Uh, we, we, we observe this every day. So diet is, is, is very important, yet it's, it, yet it's difficult to assess. I have tried, <clears throat> and, and some of my more revered colleagues uh, are using certain types of food sensitivity testing to fine tune their diets. I have found that that for my patient population is a disaster. We're gonna talk about that in a f- few minutes. Um, it, I mean, the last five times I got lazy and, and, and tried to <laughs> use this very expensive food sensitivity testing uh, approach. And I won't say the company because, because the company is a very good company. I don't wanna disparage them but no food sensitivity testing is proper. No, I wouldn't say proper, no food sensitivity testing is 100% accurate. Some of them are mind-numbingly not accurate. Person gets the test, it tells you you're sensitive to all these foods, you go eat all the ones it says you're not sensitive to, and the next thing you're getting sick, which has happened to me about five times. Blew up the whole program, And, and food sensitivities are as big a part of what is the diet for me what diet should I eat for fibromyalgia, what diet should I eat for irritable bowel syndrome, as anything. But they're not the only thing. So let me walk you through what we've come up with. Okay, now understand we've treated, we've had over 40,000 patients come through this clinic over over the period of time I've been around. And and although we haven't treated all of them, we've treated most of them, or a lot of them, probably well over half of them. But we've interviewed all of them, and we've evaluated all of them. So we have a pretty good idea Kind of, kind of an ongoing clinical trial of, of like what works and what doesn't work. Uh, the, everybody who comes into us, well, not everybody today. Today, my patient population knows about diet more than ever before. I'm usually shocked when I have a patient like the other day who came in. and was kind of surprised that diet could possibly be a part of their uh, of their uh, uh, way to health, if you will. So most people today are coming in, they're already on the paleo diet or, or they're already on the vegan diet or they're already eating better than 90% of the human race and are wondering why, whatever diet they're on. They're on the ketogenic diet and, 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 it, and it made them feel better for a while, but then it didn't or it didn't work and, and they're wondering why are they still sick? So we'll start out with that. Okay, we'll start out with the clinical pearls. Now this is real hardcore brass tacks, get down to you got a sick person sitting in front of you and you got to start understanding what's going on. And, 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 and that person's already telling me, basically they're telling me, look, dude, I know more about diet than you do. I'm already eating better than you're you, you know, than gonna make me eat. So don't talk to me about diet. I'm not gonna do any more diet. I'm Just show me what the pills look like. That person has a number of things going on. They either have intestinal permeability, which you probably know better as leaky gut, so they're probably developing new food sensitivities to the diet that they're already on, the diet that's better than anything on planet Earth, but when you have intestinal permeability, and I'm not gonna get into the mechanisms, you can, start, you can be, continue to develop new food sensitivities to the foods you're eating, even if it's broccoli, okay? Even if it's asparagus or things of that nature. That person may also have be stressed There may be a massive stress component going on in their life. They might be in post-traumatic stress syndrome and a chronic emotional trauma. They just may be going through a massive stress. Stress hormones flood the inside of your intestines. Yes, this has a lot to do with diet. Okay, you wanna know why your diet's not working? If you're really stressed, stressed, stressed out of your mind. If you're in chronic fight flight, if you have anxiety, depression, panic attacks, those types of things are helping to flood your system with cortisol, Um, that damages the inside of your gut, that can lead to imbalance in bacteria, that can lead to leaky gut, food sensitivity, my diet's not working, okay? You could have poor hydrochloric acid in your stomach. If you don't have enough hydrochloric acid in your stomach, then you're not digesting your proteins, that leaves you open to food sensitivities, that leads you open to being more susceptible to the genetically modified foods, that leads you uh, more open to having food sensitivities, so now you're eating great, but you're building food sensitivities, again, to the foods that you're eating. So this is, these are kind of foundational issues relative to why the person is, oh, then there's one other, they could have poor liver uh, clearance. Uh, if, if, uh, this, is, this may more refer to those of you who are more sensitive to medicines and supplements. We're gonna do supplements, uh, not, next, not the next segment, but two segments from now. Um, and you're sensitive to all these supplements you probably have a liver detoxification pathway problem between your phase one and phase two liver pathways. And, and so I'm not here to teach all that, okay? These are things, these are things you can individually look up online. Uh, these are things that we have presentations on on powerhealthtalk.com. But I want you to get the idea. Uh, before you even get into diet, you have to understand who you are and what you are first. What's the right diet for me? Well, if you're stressed out of your mind, you have no hydrochloric acid, you got like, uh, you got you have uh, intestinal permeability and small intestinal bac- bacterial overgrowth, and dysbiosis, an imbalance between bad and good bacteria, no diet's good for you, <laughs> okay? Maybe the star of the bacteria diet might be good to you, and we'll talk about that in a second. But it's not gonna be the diet. It'll be part of the dietary approach that needs to happen in that person's case. All right, so, so we've, u- so we've reviewed compromised toast, okay? W- what are the things that'll screw up your diet? Now, next. So diets. So here we use, um, we, we we use the paleo diet, uh, but we, we actually use a, a version of it that many of you may be familiar with called the autoimmune paleo diet. There's a book out there, it's a colleague of ours. I don't personally know her, but uh, she's been in classes that I've been in and, um, and, and so we use, so the autoimmune paleo diet, a lot of people come in here today are on versions of the autoimmune paleo diet or the autoimmune paleo diet because a lot of people today actually know about autoimmunity. Again, when I started out, <laughs> I told people they were autoimmune, they thought I was like, what are you talking about? My doctor says I'm totally normal. So, um, so a lot of people are onto that, they come in, I'm already on the autoimmune paleo diet. We use the autoimmune paleo diet as a baseline diet to figure out people's diets other diets we use it as a baseline diet to figure out their food sensitivities We actually take out a few more foods that that we have seen people be allergic to tomatoes peppers nuts uh, seeds um, eggs uh, are uh, that's off our diet too so and of course grains are which is off of that diet so, so we, we use this diet after g- tremendous experimentation okay, w- with all of the diets out there. Um, we use this diet as a baseline diet. So that's the important part. There is no right diet for anybody until you figure out what that right diet is for that particular person. Are there people for whom the keto diet is appropriate long-term? Maybe, okay, maybe. It's a very difficult diet to follow and there's a lot of nuances there. We use it for certain reasons. Is the, is the paleo diet, is it this? The answer is no. The answer is you have to figure out what your diet is for you, which one of those would be best for you. But food sensitivities, which I highly poo-pooed when I first started getting into this, are so a part of your diet. Food sensitivities, food intolerances um, are, are significant. So we use this baseline diet. We put everybody on the diet. If a person comes in here, they don't wanna go on the diet, then um, we don't treat them, it's just that simple. I, I, I have on five different occasions bent, as I told you before, the person I can't do that diet, I just wanna do, I understand that this company has all these great uh, uh, allergy testing procedures and I wanna do that and they do that and then like three weeks into the diet, they go out and they've been told they can eat wheat or gluten um, and, and they go out and have a pizza and a beer, and everything blows up on them and then they get all kinds of uh, allergic responses, all their symptoms start coming back. Maybe it stays like that for a couple of days, maybe a couple of weeks and blows the whole program apart. Um, so we're not, we don't do that, okay. The, the allergy elimination diet is, it's tough. It's, it's, it's food um, that's basically meats, fruits, vegetables, some oils, not, and, and for people who have different type of blood sugar problems, not a lot of fruits. And for people who had FODMAP problems, not a lot of vegetables, but 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 it's a it's a very doable thing under proper supervision. So we use this diet. We use the autoimmune. We use a variation of the autoimmune paleo diet. Um, we 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 use that, um, and then and then we use other diets based on the history and the exam that we talked about in the in the previous uh, segments that we've done. So let's say. We put a person on our auto, imu- our modified autoimmune paleo diet, okay, and we put it on there. And about two weeks later, they go, "Man, I'm getting gas. I'm getting bloating every time I eat a starch. Every time I eat uh, too many fr- like a fruit. Uh, every time I eat something that's uh, uh, so a little sugar in it, uh, any of the fiber, I'm gas, bloating, those types of things. Um, oh, and those probiotics that I was taking, they- they're making me, bleh, they're making me go like that." That person's probably got small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Now, you may not want to hear about small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, but you want to hear about diet. I'm walking you through how to figure out your diet, okay? So these person's eating better than anybody on planet Earth, but they're getting gas, bloating, uh, diarrhea, things of that nature. They probably have small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. At that point, um, we would use the FODMAP diet, okay? There are people who come in here who are on the FODMAP diet for years. That should not be, okay? You should only be on the FODMAP diet as long as you need to be. A FODMAP diet is a diet where you're taking out all of the vegetables that feed the sugars in the person's gut, all right? So, so, uh, so we would switch that diet. We would switch from our baseline diet to that FODMAP diet, and, and pretty much what's happening is that person has bad bacteria in their gut, and that bad bacteria in their gut either needs to be starved by going on this diet or it needs to be killed will use a supplement along with that diet to kill that. And I'll, you know, it, it could be any one of a number of supplements that, uh, uh, that you, you've heard about them all. There's, there's caprylic acid, there's berberine, there's, there's uh, oregano. There's a dozen of them you can use, okay? Everybody responds different to different ones. So you could do that. And for those of you, so I already did that. I was already on the diet and I already did that uh, and it didn't work. It's because there's more stuff going on. But that's the baseline of, of what you need to do to get rid of the SIBO. Um, and, and some of the more stuff that's going on is you're stressed, you got a bad thyroid problem, you got a lack of hydrochloric acid in your stomach. And, and again, this is for those of you who say, how come you're not telling me how to get, <laughs> how to get better? Okay, so the bottom line is, is we, we would use, we use a, uh, we, we might use a specific carbohydrate diet or we use a, far, a FODMAP diet. They're both very, very, very close once a person reacts to the baseline diet that we use, which is the autoimmune paleo diet. And, and, and it's a variation of the autoimmune paleo diet. And those are the diets we use to establish a baseline. It is, for those of you who have been online and you have, I just used the perfect example, and you have small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, or you have acid indigestion, or you've tried so many different diets and, and they're not working, and we already talk, talked about some of the reasons that they're not working, and, and you're trying to figure out what your supplements are, it is almost impossible to figure out what you should be taking or not taking until you have established a baseline. What does that, what does the diets I just got done talking about do? It establishes a baseline. What does that mean? The, in my patient population, most people come in here are in some level of chronic stress response, which is continually flooding their gut with stress hormones and and most of my patients are, are, have autoimmunity. Frankly, most of my patients have both of those and then a ton of other stuff, okay? So you cannot, so you, it, so you have to calm that inflammation down. We're gonna talk in a couple of segments about how starting with the brain and the gut is really where most of these cases should start. So you have to calm that gut down of the immune system is in your gut. If you're autoimmune, you have to calm the immune system down. Stress hormones from your brain are screwing up your gut. Your gut has 70% of the immune system in there. So so you wanna know about diet? This is what we have come up with and it has been consistently successful for us for years and years and years and years and years. So baseline diet calms down the inflammation. It takes out all of the foods that you would be sensitive to, all of them. And it's not fun. the more you stick to it, the quicker you can stop doing it, okay? So I mean, we, this is the problem. We get a lot of moaning and groaning around here. But, but if you want to get better, I'm telling you this is where it's at. So baseline diet dampens immune responses by taking out all the foods, all the anti, all the inflammatory foods. Well, and some of you will say meats are inflammatory and to a degree they are, uh, but all of the immune inflammatory foods. A lot of people in, in our office, feel better immediately. A lot of you are are out there probably experienced this. Um, it's almost like putting you on a fast, okay? Those those of you who are really chronically sick and have gone on fast, most of you will tell me I felt crappy for a day or two and then I felt better and I felt a long time, but I have to eat, right? And I don't know what to reintroduce and then I reintroduce foods and I feel like crap. So this is why we're, we're telling you why that's going on. So basically, um, those are the two diets that we play with most of the time. Now, so if somebody goes on the first diet, uh, at which they should feel better or no difference. But if they like, if they go on the autoimmune Paleo, they should feel better or no different. If they feel worse, they probably have they probably have these FODMAPs. They probably have these reactions. FODMAPs are fructooligosides, oligosaccharides. They're all sugars. Okay, they're all. It's an acronym for. Different types of sugars. Your feet and they're in. And they're in. Uh, uh, they're in different vegetables. You're eating vegetables. You think it's great. Those vegetables are feeding the bad bacteria in your gut, and it's blowing you up. And you got that bad bacteria because there's a lot of vegetables on the on the autoimmune paleo diet. So that's a huge nuance to starting off in, 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 in into chronic conditions. So then we'll we we have people who are kind of they're hoping to get weight loss. They'll be losing. We we have you know, a whole program that we do, this is the baseline, it allows us to maneuver and figure out what supplements we should do and what neurotransmitters we should do and um, what other changes we should make in, in their daily activities. But we do use other diets. Uh, we do use, uh, we use a vegetarian diet occasionally, okay? Uh, here's what we use it for. And those of you watched me before uh, may, uh, may know that I, I uh, was, was <laughs> a vegetarian for almost 18 years, and, and, and I can be an advocate of it, and, and I can tell you why I got off the vegetarian diet here in a second, uh, so that all the vegetarians don't start throwing tomatoes at the, at the, <laughs> at the screen here with, uh, with me saying I've kind of gone back to a meat diet, which was a ch- mentally challenging for me the vegetarian diet, we use kind of a vegetarian paleo diet. We use it for two reasons. If we're doing what we're doing, we have the person on the baseline diet, we're using the supplements we need in that particular case or botanicals or, or uh, nutraceuticals or neurotransmitters or whatever we're using for that particular case. Um, and, and, and the person hits a wall um, dietarily relative to losing weight, because we get uh, a substantial number of people in here are overweight when they come in. Then we'll go to a couple of things. We might go, uh, first thing uh, we'll we'll go to will be a keto diet, which we'll talk to in a a minute, or we might go to a vegetarian diet. So vegetarian diet basically resets your, it's a cleanse. Vegetarian diet is like being on a cleanse. If you're a true vegetarian, okay, if you're a vegetarian, uh, true vegetarian and you're just eating vegetables, you're a vegan, you're basically on a cleanse. And that seems to set the metabolism to allow the other things that we're doing with supplements and, and, uh, uh, and other methods to work. That a lot of times will get the person off that plateau or it'll just start allowing them to lose weight. We also use a vegetarian diet for rheumatoid arthritis. We have seen over a period of time that rheumatoid arthritis seem to do much better with um, vegetarian diets. We've had the full spectrum of everything from people literally having their rheumatoid arthritis pain subside immediately to to just varying degrees of improvement. And that has a lot to do with, it dampens the immune responses in the intestines. Rheumatoid arthritis comes from Bad bacteria in the intestines. The vegetarian diet um, does not feed those bacteria, and it tends to be like a cleanse. and And if you get on the vegetarian diet and you start getting gas and bloating and stuff like that, guess what? You have those FODMAPs. You have those. You have those. You have those. Those um, vegetables that are feeding bad bacteria in your gut, and you have to take those out. And then you would work with that. Now, this sounds like a lot. <laughs> it is. It is. This, these are the things that you're running into. Now, I did mention. I did mention the. Um, I did mention the keto diet. Okay. We we do use the keto diet. I am. I'm still not on board with the keto diet being a lifetime diet. I know there. I have read several books. I have a book behind me here called "The Art and Science of Low Carbohydrate Living," and it makes a lot of sense. Um, your 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 body basically is designed to primarily run on blood sugar. We've talked about how vital blood sugar is to your diet. So diet is also about um, keeping your blood sugar properly, eating the proper amount of times a day for you, eating the right foods, not eating the wrong foods, the proper amount of times a day for you. This is a critical part of diet. And And then you will get, your blood sugar will stay normal, you'll get enough blood sugar to your brain, you get enough blood sugar to your muscles. You won't get irritable and shaky and nauseous and anxiety and want to kill people, um, or you won't be sleeping after meals. Blood sugar is a big part of that. The keto diet um, switches you from the primary fuels of oxygen and sugar to the primary fuels of oxygen and uh, ketones. Uh, and not ketones. And, and um, uh, yeah, ketones. So, so basically, um, these are amino acids. They actually burn much, much, much more efficiently in your body than the sugars. They were primarily uh, started to be understood as a primary food source for epilepsy. And your brain does seem to, in some ways, prefer that fuel. Uh, If I recall correctly, it's like you make like 18 times more calories of energy Per gram of uh, of ketones than f- of sugar, so it would be like, duh, we should be doing that." But the diet is inflammatory. The diet is 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 in, and and this book will argue that it's not. And and I think in a purely scientific setting, they're correct. But I think in the setting of real life, my observation has been that the ketogenic diet is a difficult diet. And 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 to and so to to use the ketogenic diet uh, and today it's popularly used along with the fasting to to use the ketogenic diet and the fasting, which we already, which we also do. Um, It's challenging for the patient. They have to, they they tend to end up eating too many meats. They can't get through the concept of that fats are are like a main source of what's breaking down, what's actually breaking down and creating the energy source. And so and and, and they have, you have to stay in the keto, you know in the ketogenic zone and and it's it just so it ends up becoming it seems like the vast majority of time it ends up becoming a, a, a an inflammatory diet because people just start to go and eating meat, they start to eat a lot, a lot of vegetables, vegetables. they won 't eat the fats they're supposed to eat. So I just think it's a very difficult diet to execute now, under the right supervision, like us <laughs> or somebody. Uh, who walks you through it and figures out your, the amount of calories. And you gotta figure them out all along the way. Once you've lost weight, you gotta stay in the zone. Um, we'll use it if a person needs to lose weight. If a person has hit a wall again, it will reset your system and in, in, in ways that uh, will generally get that person off of the, um, it'll get them off of the, uh, off of that plateau and, and, and allow them to start losing some weight. Um, there are other diets that we use clinically. Um, we might use a low histamine diet for a short period of time. Uh, that's another, that's a, it's a fairly simple issue of, of, of not eating certain foods, not eating foods that are rancid, not eating leftovers. There's, there's, and, and we have a lot of people who have histamine responses. In fact, as long as I've been in practice, I'm starting to realize that either more and more people are getting histamine responses, which is probably the case, or I've been missing them for a long time. Uh, so histamine responses. What we, what we see is, is we get the person on our baseline diet, and the baseline diet, they feel good. Uh, all of the foods that are uh, caught making them feel bad have been eliminated. Uh, we're working with them. We're doing, we do brain rehab exercises here. We're doing, we're doing, um, we're doing supplements and, and, and nutraceuticals and, and herbs and botanicals and, and they're getting better. And then it comes time to reintroduce foods. We reintroduce food and they're sensitive to it. Okay, well that's what's supposed to happen in a food reintroduction type of a situation. We, then we reintroduce the food. And they're sensitive to that, and the third food, and they're sensitive to that, and the fourth food, and they're sensitive to that. We have heightened their histamine response, and so, um, so we, so we, we can use a diet. You can use a diet for that, and you can look it up online. It's very simple. It's a histamine diet. It just takes out certain amounts of food, and pretty much tells you just don't eat leftovers, and um, and or we or there are there are some powerful supplements out there for that histamine response. We'll usually. We, we'll usually make a, a decision on a patient-to-patient basis and where they're at and how much of a hassle it might be for them to do both or, um, or should they go on the histamine diet? Do we just need to give them the histamine, uh, natural histamine uh, dampeners? And, and so we will use, uh, we will use that. Um, when, we, when we have a patient that is on the diet and they're going through the program And their their symptoms are improving, and they're getting better, and they're getting, and they're excited, and life is good. And then suddenly they decide to go out and party, um, and 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 the program blows up on them. Or sometimes, or sometimes, just to to emphasize how um, how sometimes this can be pretty hairy. This can be pretty a little bit of a complex um, procedure sometimes during the food reintroduction. Now this is the downside of food reintroduction. The, the gold standard for figuring out what your food sensitivities are is the aller, allergy elimination diet. That is, that is in the literature, it's in the research, and, and I can tell you in clinical practice, it is the gold standard. The problems with it is, it's hard for the patient to stick to it. And the other problem is, is when that person's really, really clean, they're feeling good, their, their inflammation's down, their immune responses are down, Sometimes when you introduce a food and they're allergic to it, it can affect them for a long time. Sometimes it can affect them for a couple of days. I've, I've had a response when I was doing this that affected me for like a couple of weeks. Shakes your confidence, makes you feel like everything went back. But when you do that um, and, and, it throws, if you, and it throws you off, then the thing that you have to do is you have to go back to the original diet. and you, and, and you have to give that, time to calm down, and then there's herbs and botanicals that you need to take to uh, to kind of calm everything down, and you have to start all over again. Um, hopefully, if, it, 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 and, if, and if it's like the 12th food that you've reintroduced, unfortunately, you have to start all over again. If, if, for, if you're fortunate, it's like the first food you've reintroduced, then you don't have to start all over again. And I'm not trying to belabor this. Again, th- I'm, I'm talking to Um, I'm I'm probably not talking to all of you. So a lot of you may be going, you know, why are you going into all this? I'm I'm talking to the patient population out there or the audience that says, tell me how to get better. Why aren't you telling me how to get better? And and, and we would respond and say, look, it's not like we can tell everybody what to do. So so what is your diet going to look like? your diet's either going to be an autoimmune paleo diet or a paleo diet or, your, or, or it's going to be a variation of the autoimmune paleo diet or it, or, or it could be, you know, I, I, it, it, it could be it could be a vegetarian diet. It could be a specific carbohydrate diet, which, um, which is a diet that we also use. I'll use a, a specific carbohydrate diet sometimes with Crohn's disease, irritable bowel syndrome, all of colitis. It's kind of a variation of the SIBO, FODMAP diet, um, and you can look these up, okay? And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not here to like go over every diet and what it is and how you do it. And I'm here to answer the question of how do I get better? Okay, and and so, um, so we use that diet. Sometimes when people <laughs> have massive reactions to things, sometimes we'll just, I mean, I mean, we've had patients that we've just eat, had to eat like, I've, I've yet to find somebody who's allergic to chicken. Now I'm sure I'm gonna, I'm sure we're gonna get something that says I'm allergic to chicken, but uh, sometimes we'll just put them on chicken, spinach, and, and, and maybe something innocuous, like if they're not sensitive to potatoes. And the, the point is, is when you react, you just need to let the gut calm down. And because you're not putting a lot of other foods in there that it's sensitive to, it, it'll, it'll heal to the degree that there are another, not other factors that'll cause it to heal. This is diet, okay? This is diet. Now I realize there's a lot of diets out there I'm all over fasting. I have people who have the fasting and don't eat until five and don't eat until seven and don't eat and I feel better that way. There's all kinds of ways to trick your metabolism or to reset your metabolism. And and but you know, a lot of this is marketing in a sense of I was in the I was in the back in the late nineties, I don't know if it was late nineties, early two thousands, I was in the uh Radio I did radio, we did a radio show okay and we interviewed a lot of the people that you are reading uh, Peter Diamo who does the uh, uh, the Eat right for your blood type diet and, and, and many other people like that. And I mentioned him because he was a very very sweet guy and he was kind of like a great interview because he kind of conceded online like, well yeah, this is kind of a theory you know this is kind of a theory and and and, 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 in, the, and in the end, um, what I learned back then, it, and, and and decided not to be in that industry. What I learned back then was, if you have a theory, if it looks different, if it isn't going to kill somebody, and you and, and, and you can articulate, and you can get online, or you at that at that time there wasn't an online. <laughs> at, the, at that time, it was can you get on the radio and articulate it, and it was can you uh, um, can you go on Oprah, which, which 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 was everybody's dream, probably still is. Um, then then the people who were in that industry would write a book for you. They were, they were looking for a different angle to a dietary issue so that they could promote another book. And, and I don't mean that, I'm just giving you a little bit of like inside data on how to evaluate things. Uh, not, to, not to point out Peter, but our conversation along with Peter, I think I can reveal, and it was pretty much, look, people are usually eating not so well when they decide to change their diets. And so when people change their diets, whether it's going to be fasting or whether it's going to be fasting until 12 and then eat properly, or whether it's going to be fasting until nine, then eight, then, tw- I'm sorry, nine, then 12, then five, then eight, and then, uh, or, or, or people have been fasting once a month forever. People have been fasting for the first three days in a month forever. Once you improve your, your general overall food intake, that alone should tell you how important food is because probably 30, 40% of people are going to feel much better Just doing that. And then those are the people that you get the testimonials from, and then you go, well, okay, this is the new way. And, and, And there might even be certain people that that is correct for. But I say that to say this what we found was getting down to the basics. I continue to pound getting down to the basics. We talked about how critical blood sugar is. Many times we will get people's blood sugar under control. I had, a, I had a couple of people this week who uh, found that going back on their CPAP machine for their oxygen, oxygen is a foundational basic. Between that and getting their blood sugar under control, 60% of their fibromyalgia pains went away, okay? Then, they, then we put them on the baseline diet and took out all the foods. More of their, more of their sensitivities went away. Um, people who don't have enough essential fatty acids, and I'm not sure we've talked about that yet or not, but that's foundational to being a human being. These are the basics. You get the essential fatty acids in there, you get the blood sugar stable, you get inflammation down, you get these, and, and, and all of a sudden these mystery diseases aren't mystery diseases, you're, people start getting better. Then the magic has to begin. Then you have to figure out the diet, and figuring out the diet is, which of these is the right diet for that particular person? It's massively about figuring out that person's food sensitivities and food intolerances as much as anything else. It's really about the blood sugar. It's really about the food sensitivities. It's, 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 it's heavily about those things. And, and at that point, you probably don't need to be so focused on do I do an autoimmune paleo diet because you have figured out all the things that are flaring up your autoimmunity now you're just eating right, you're eating properly so that your blood sugar stays normal and you can eat foods. Should you eat organic foods versus others? If you can afford it, yes. If you can't afford it, once your physiology starts working well, um, it doesn't matter whether you go to to, to uh, Whole Foods or whether you go to WinCo. Probably in the beginning it does. Probably in the beginning it's, it's probably better to not be getting anything into your system. Those are the things that are uh, most, uh, that's what we use. That's what we use. I do autoimmune FODMAP, SIBO. Those are the diets we use. Uh, we've tr- experimented with all of them. I know there are diets out there that people say, well, you didn't talk about this diet, and I use it, and I feel better. I just explain why that can be. I understand that. But basically, in the end, really what the, end, what, really what the takeaway is for those of you who are eating these other diets in film, is you're, eating good, you're finally eating good food. You're finally eating good food. You're probably eating in a way that your physiology is cleansing. Um, hopefully you're eating in a way that it's establishing good blood sugar. If you're getting irritable or shaky and, or nausea or you're falling asleep after, after you eat it, then you're not establishing good blood sugar. Uh, these, are the, these are the diets that people are, 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 are most able to and easiest to follow. The ketogenic diet is just, it really is designed for decreasing uh, uh, and, and feeding the brain. And decreasing inflammation to the brain for seizures. I use it. One uh, uh, well, more final disclosure. I mean, we use it for uh, we we'll use it for concussions, post-concussion syndrome, as well as seizures. Uh, so we do use it for those things when it's specifically to the brain. But in the end, that's diet, and I, and I say that with some confidence because we we're, this is where the rubber meets the road. When people come in here, you know, we don't we don't recommend care to everybody that comes in here. We evaluate them to determine whether they are a properly selected patient, do they have any obstacles to cure? Are there things, is this gonna work for them? Herbs, botanicals, and brain rehab exercise doesn't work for everybody. Is this gonna work for them? Okay, so we're very serious about that. And so we have a very high success rate, and I will tell you, figuring out the right diet is not easy, but it is a major key to success in virtually all of those instances. So that's diet. So that's a diet. Um, next week we're going. If you're if you're enjoying this, then then you know please don't miss next week. Next week is kind of a big big deal in most people's uh, uh, journey to wellness. So, okay, that's it for this week. Thank you for watching again, and uh, take care. This will conclude the episode. Thanks for tuning in.